wow, did I enjoy that message Amen. on the Holy Spirit. And um, the situation that we had with our son, Brother Randy, was not quite as dramatic as the one you shared about your brother. But uh, David was 14 years old at the time, and uh, he didn't come home, and he didn't come home, and we didn't know where he was. And uh, my husband and I, now my husband, I told you last night's an engineer, and I think I'm losing my, well, anyway, here we are. Uh, they, they, band, they put Band-Aids back there, but I think it didn't work. Uh, so, um, my husband, uh, was an engineer, he prays very simple prayers. He doesn't believe in bombarding heaven. I've never heard him raise his voice in prayer. Uh, and he prays short prayers. He does not use my prayers that avail much. <laughs> and so, that night, he and I uh, were standing at the dining room table, and he prayed a short prayer. And he looked up and he, at me and he said, I know where David is. And I said, oh, you do? He said, yes, I'm going to pick him up. And I said, well, can I go? The girls, the girls are all asleep. <laughs> can I go? And I, don't, I didn't usually leave my children, you know, like that. And he said, yes, because he's nearby. And we drove down to another house very close to where we lived. And my husband stopped in front of this house and there were several uh, young teens uh, in the yard there and on the porch, or the stoop. It wasn't really a porch, but anyway, my son, uh, husband reached across the car, opened the car door and said, David, it's time to go home. And uh, David complied. And uh, he did not, my husband didn't realize until later that God had given him a word of knowledge. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I was studying the gifts of the Spirit and uh, reminded him of that time. And I said, you know, Everett, neither one of us really stopped to think that that was yeah. uh, a gift of the Spirit at work. Amen. Yeah. And uh, I grew up with a mama that prayed in the Holy Ghost. And um, when I started writing uh, prayers, she, uh, she'd say, well, now, Jermaine, that's great, but I'm going to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. And so uh, then my first prayer partner uh, was a Baptist that got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so she and I started praying together. I prayed the word. This old Pentecostal girl prayed the word. And she prayed in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and we asked God to teach us about prayer. And we said, we want to study this scientifically, whatever that meant. That was just a word that came to me because I never did get really carried away with the sciences, but I wanted to know the science of prayer. And uh, I found out it, it, at that time in praying with her and then having 
a mother who prayed in the spirit, um, I found out that that combination of praying the word, praying in the spirit, is the most powerful prayer yes. way of praying. Yes. And I tell people now, if you don't speak in the whole, uh, in other tongues, don't get concerned about it. You can be a part of our uh, prayer group. But um, this is my son, David. Um, and, uh, and usually, uh, after I tell people, you, you know, you don't have to pray uh, in the spirit to be part of our prayer group. Uh, at some point in time, I'll say, but now I don't know why you don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues. Right. And uh, they'll say, oh, but especially the Baptists. I said, but I have the Holy Spirit. I said, yes, you do. Sure. He came in yes. and he recreated you and he didn't leave. Right. He stayed. Amen. But there is an experience that you can have and if you'll read the book of Acts, you can find out about it. Amen. Amen. And um, so, hallelujah, I enjoyed that today. Yes. Oh, wow. I sang all those songs too out of that same hymnal. <laughs> so, I played them. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to continue talking about a call to prayer. And uh, thank you, Robin. You see. She's a nurse. She'll get it up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> that feels better. Um, we're going to continue talking about a call to prayer. And as I said last night, we are all called to prayer. Yes, we are. Amen. And um, we have apostolic intercessors. We have prophetic intercessors. We have pastors. I heard a pastor say one time, said, you know, pastors don't spend much time in intercession. I, I do know pastors like Pastor David that spend time in intercession. So whatever office in the body of Christ we might hold, we still are called to be intercessors. Um, I'm going to talk to you from um, the book of Ephesians. Last night, uh, I, I was teaching from a Global Call to Prayer. And you might be interested in getting this book because it has a lot of prayer insights and how God uh, taught me. But in the book of Ephesians, verse 1, we read, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, even the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, for many, many years, I skipped over that verse. It was just like a salutation, and so I just skipped over it. But one day, the Spirit of God arrested me and had me go back and when you read the scriptures sometime, it's almost as though the Holy Spirit will impose yes. Yes. something there. Yes. And what I saw was Germain, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And I went, wait a minute. 
an apostle. Jeremiah, that, that's not what that says. That is not what that says. And so I began to research it, and I started saying, God, what are you saying to me? And I went back to Romans 1, and, and he identifies himself, Paul does, as called by God to be an apostle. He was called to be an apostle. So here in Ephesians, I began to search out this word, apostle. And what I found there is that apostle has different meanings. And as I began to look, I began to seek God about what he was saying because my name kept, you know, being there. And I I couldn't understand this. But then I got into what God was saying to me personally. Now, you see, I believe that the book of Ephesians is a book on how to pray. Now, that may seem a little weird to you, but Brother Randy brought us Ephesians 6 this morning. And... uh, where uh, Paul says in that verse 10 of uh, 6, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He finishes that, uh, and we find out he's talking about praying. And there are many different kinds of prayer. And there are prayer nuggets throughout the scriptures. So what I found in Ephesians 1 was this. is that you and I are called, according to the will of God, we are called to be representatives of Jesus Christ. We are called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are called to be an emissary of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It's by the will of God that you're called. It's not because I grew up in a Pentecostal minister's home. It's not because I'm third third generation Pentecostal. I told you last night I couldn't wait to grow up and get away from the Pentecostals because they were weird. I wanted to live on the other side of the tracks. See, when I grew up, the Pentecostal churches were always on the wrong side of the tracks. So I wanted to be on the other side of the tracks. But God uses everything in our life to prepare us. To be that representative. Now, you and I are called to enter into the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. His present day ministry is interceding. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. 
Now he is interceding in heaven, and he is an intercessor that cannot fail. Would you agree with that? He sent the Holy Spirit, as Brother Randy uh, told us this morning and showed us this morning. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us. And this intercessor lives in us. And he intercedes, helps us intercede according to the will of God. He is an intercessor that cannot fail. We become God's voice in the earth through prayer. Jesus is God's voice in heaven. And we want to enter into that intercession of Jesus. We have been called, we have been chosen to be a representative in the spirit realm of Jesus Christ. And I I just love it in the book of Ephesians. It tells us that once you were darkness, but now you are light. And so we are emissaries of light. And we carry authority that has been invested in us. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. If the church could wake up, if the church could uh, realize and understand this power that indwells us, there is nothing that could stop us. In fact, I don't believe we are going to be stopped because in the book of Ephesians, we are called the glorious church, and I'm expecting to see that even in my lifetime. So, we go back to Ephesians 1 and we see this man, Paul, who at one time had carried another name. It was Saul. He was looking for Christians to kill them. He believed with all his heart he was doing the will of God. He believed in the Torah. He knew it frontwards and backwards and, and he could quote it, I'm sure. And he was very religious. Did you know that religion will kill? And ever so often I'll say, Holy Spirit, would you just search my mind and my heart? And if there's any religion, please expose it and uproot those religious thoughts and ideas. Because Jesus came not to bring us a religion, but he came to bring us life. So this man, Saul, that was going about killing Christians, received a new anointing when he met Jesus. You know, I've often thought about on that road to Damascus, when he heard Jesus speak to him from the skies up here. I've often wondered about his response. He responded, Lord, Lord. Isn't that interesting that he recognized him? I believe the reason he recognized him was because as Saul, the word of God was abiding in him. But he had made it a religion. 
But when he became Paul, he, he, he went about sharing life. In this arena, or this playing field of, the, of prayer, of the Spirit and the prayer, it is imperative that you know who you are. Now, Brother Randy did a good job this morning on uh, telling us who our enemy is. It's not flesh and blood. I mean, people may give us problems. I've, I've done my share of suffering. <laughs> I've done, you know, I've had my share of rejection. In fact, I wrote a prayer for overcoming rejection. I was easily intimidated. I wrote a prayer overcoming intimidation. And I prayed those prayers because I knew that God's word was more powerful and greater than those emotions and attitudes and feelings that I was experiencing. So what we see is that this man, Paul, knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? He knew. He knew what his calling was. And I have people say all the time, God never talks to me. He does talk to you. I have people say, well, I just never sense the presence of God. I wouldn't say that for anything. I I say, God, I just thank you. Your presence is always with me. Everywhere I go, I expect to find favor and good understanding with God and with man. And I purpose to show favor. If I show favor, I'm going to receive favor. Have you ever been with somebody and gone out to eat with them a few times and they'll say, I know they're going to mess up my order at a restaurant. You're sitting at the restaurant, you know, and they'll say, I know they're going to mess up my order. They always do. And guess what? That is known as a victim mentality. You were not created to be a victim. Hallelujah. Well, you know, if anybody's going to get caught speeding today, it's probably going to be me. Quit speeding. I mean, you know, you can take care of that. <laughs> but Paul knew who he was. Yes. And he prayed. And he went, he went away, was it like 14 years? To get to know his Lord. To learn about this ministry. And don't sit around saying, well, I just don't know whether I'm an apostle or a prophet. Who cares? I don't. Who cares? Do you know some true apostles and prophets are some of the most humble people that I know? And you'll never, you hardly ever hear them call themselves an apostle or prophet. You hear other people call them that. Because they operate in that. 
But Paul knew who he was. He goes on in that second verse and he says, Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have my Amplified Bible up here, but it doesn't read the same. It gets too wordy right in here. And sometimes it's easy to lose what I believe the Spirit of God is wanting us to see and to understand. God has given you His grace. You have already found God's grace. That grace has been imparted to you. And that means that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And when a situation comes that you've never been in before, like me, I'm in a situation that I never expected to be in. You know, I have five grandchildren living at my house right now. Thirteen, in case you think, you know, 13, 11, 9, 8, and 6. Now, when you're 77 years old, you don't expect this. It's not in your dream. <laughs> but what I'm finding is God's grace is sufficient even in this situation. And my daughter was so concerned about what this was going to do to me physically. And I told her the other day, I said, well, I guess God's using it to strengthen me physically because I actually did Costco the other day. <laughs> I know some of you like to hang out in Costco. That is not my environment. But I did it. And I lasted the whole way through. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but God's grace is sufficient. And peace. We have peace that passes understanding. We have peace that will mount guard and garrison our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. We have peace. And this peace that's talked about in this second verse of Ephesians 1 is the peace of God that we need to be able to function where we are placed in the body of Christ so that I can be at peace with you whether I like what you're saying or not, whether I like the way you're doing it or not. My husband says there are two ways to do things. His way and the wrong way. <laughs> I'll tell you, God set him free. But see, he wouldn't go hear me speak for a long time. He never hindered me. He always supported me. You know, it was like, God, here I am, send Jermaine. And so that's the way we worked. <laughs> So finally, he said to me one day, I want you to know you've got to separate this marriage, our marriage, and this in your ministry. Because he finally found out what I was doing. He thought I was going out playing bridge with a bunch of women. <laughs> Y'all, any of you bridge players, I am not a good bridge player because I like to socialize. <laughs> and I always tried to be the dummy when I played. 
But God gives us a peace that passes understanding. He wants the body of Christ to come into a place of unity so that we can make a symphony before the throne of God. So that our prayers will ascend into the very throne room of God and our prayers will harmonize. So, we've been given this grace and this peace. And I love what he says in that third verse. He says, blessed be the God and Father. Blessed be. I'm waiting for them to put that one up. Blessed be (laughs) the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul knew what God had done in him in and through Christ Jesus. All spiritual blessings. All. I used to read that and just say, you know, I thought it sounded good. But one day I said, what do you mean blessed? Blessed be the Lord. What does that mean? It means to eulogize God. To speak well of him. He is our God. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. He made us. He created this universe. Yes. Amen. Now, when I was growing up, we had a lady in one of my dad's church. And she eulogized the devil. Now, she prayed a lot, but when you talk to her, she talked mostly about the devil. And she'd say, I really got blessed at church tonight, so I know the devil's going to be waiting on the doorstep when I get home. Guess what? He was. I told you my mom prayed in the Holy Ghost. My dad was word, 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 word. My mom was Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And she'd say, Buck, I could help you out a lot if you just turn me loose once in a while and let me speak. (laughs) (laughs) She knew the Spirit of God. So one day this member called my mom and she said, Well, you act like the devil never comes to your house. And my mom said, he doesn't. She said, well, I'm going to send him down there. She said, well, send him. But I want to tell you, at the four corners of this property that I live on, an angel is standing at each corner with a flaming sword. And he can't come in. So go ahead and send him. Now, I, I never had a lot of problem with fear, except the people, church people. Um, <laughs> and 
And uh, every night we went to bed with this ringing in our ears. Father, we love you and we thank you that you have assigned your angels to guard over us and protect us while we sleep. So I was never afraid to go in my bedroom and go to sleep. My parents were, were people of prayer. And I thank God for that heritage. And my mother said the way she survived, Robin, you don't have to listen to this, but my mother, maybe you do need to listen to this. My mother said the way she survived being a pastor's wife was by staying in her prayer closet. Now, y'all didn't grow up, see, y'all didn't really appreciate that. But the reason, because things have changed today, but in that day, in her day, she had to wear long hair, she had to wear long dresses, she had to wear uh, her, the neck of her dresses up to here, she had to wear long sleeves, and she would say, if your daddy wasn't a pastor, I'd come out of this denomination. Because when she got born again, she got born again, bathed in joy. And she found life. She was the first person born again in her home. And her entire family came to know God through this 15-year-old girl. And uh, Steve and Ronnie Brock, I don't know if any of y'all know them, but they, they are, are generations now that have been blessed through that 15-year-old girl who was bathed in joy. She prayed the first prayer that was ever prayed in their home. So I thank God for my heritage. But you know what? I wanted to get away from all that. But God... I had, I, I didn't have a Damascus Road experience. My experience was in my kitchen, as Brother Randy reminded you this morning. Grace and peace. So I learned that when you pray, your conversation must be aligned to that which you're believing God for. So you don't go out and talk about what the devil's doing. I had multitudes of friends that did not know that our son was on drugs because I never went out and talked about it. I talked about his destiny. I talked about what God was going to do with this life. And then when he was delivered, some people were surprised. They said, well, I thought that happened years ago. I said, it did for me. So I could eulogize God concerning my home, concerning my family. And when I'd get discouraged, it wasn't in leather at that time, it was paperback. And, there, and we have the paperback back there too. I would go get, get my prayer book out when I'd get discouraged, when my emotions would want to take over. I want to encourage you. I want to tell you that it's okay to be right-brained. It is okay to have emotions. But I do encourage you to bind your emotions to the control of the Holy Ghost. 
and let those emotions work for you and not against yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Is this making sense? Good. Good. Prayer is a lifestyle. It's not just something that you do off in a closet somewhere. It is a lifestyle. When you pray, your life will be transformed. It will change. And I tell people who know me real well right now, I'll say, now you be patient with me, because they know me. They know my flaws. Oh, I hate to help. Don't you hate flaws? Yeah. Oh. oh, Lord, I hate to admit that I have flaws. But I say, please be patient. He started a good work in me and he's going to perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. You need to believe that about yourself. When you make a mistake, quit beating yourself up. Get your prayer book out. If you don't have this, you have this, hopefully, a Bible. Go to the Psalms. Read those psalms over yourself. Put on a praise and worship tape. Start listening. I have the Bible and many translations on my phone, and some of, the, some of them are audible. And I can put my earplugs in, and I can go to sleep listening to the Word of God. A person who prays, an intercessor, purposes to know the Word of God. And to know the Word of God is to know God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. To pray effectively, you have to know the will of God. I hear people blaming God with the most ungodly things. I had a woman come into my Bible study one time, or one of my Bible studies, and, and she didn't like what I was teaching, and she just interrupted everything. And she said, I want you to know that God destroyed my husband's business. That's not what my Bible tells me. Amen. And she was so thrilled that God had destroyed his business. Evidently, she hadn't started hurting from money when she said that. She was still living good when she said that. But we blame God with things that he has nothing to do with. Now, he will never miss an opportunity to deal with you. Oh, but God caused my son to have a car wreck, and he got born again. No, God didn't cause the car wreck. Excuse me. But in the midst of the car wreck, God let your son live. In the midst of the, uh, of the car wreck, God drew your son or your daughter to himself with cords and bands of love. So we, we eulogize God. We speak well of God. We don't blame God. Well, you know, God is in control. So, whatever will be, will be. I want to tell you, 
God intended for the church to make a difference in this world. That's God right. intended for us to be the influences right. in this world. But we've been too busy arguing about tongues and about uh, travail and uh, about healing. People argue about healing. It's in the atonement. Is it God's will to heal? Yes. Just like it's God's will to save everyone. Isn't it? Well, you know, just because someone doesn't get saved, we don't say, well, it wasn't God's will to save him. For God so loved the world. We've got to watch what we say if we want our prayers to be effective. And we have to speak well of our God. He knows the plans that he has for you. Plans for welfare, and not the kind of welfare we have. (laughs) But plans for a future. It's not plans for evil. We've got to quit blaming God with evil. He he tempts no man with evil. Yet we blame him. Let's speak well of God. You want God to intervene in certain situations in your life? Then you've got to quit blaming him with, with what you're wanting changed. Why would you pray for him to change it if you believe that he caused it? That's right. yes. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he starts talking about what God has done for us in Christ Jesus and in that fourth verse. God chose you. I remember one of our daughters, and she was real little, about three or four years old. She said, Mommy, you know what? I was putting her to bed. You know what? I said, what? She said, God loves me when I'm good, and he loves me when I'm bad. (laughs) I said, yes, he does. If we could know that. See, we gauge his love or determine his love for us based on what we do and don't do. His love is unconditional. He hates evil, but he loves us. And when I've done wrong, I have 1 John 1, 9, and I can run to him. And I'd say, Father, forgive me. I have sinned. Lord, I sinned when I entered into that gossip session. We need to hate evil. We need to hate it so much that that we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that we sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Prayer will prepare you for life outside of the prayer closet. Amen. Oh, God, give us the grace that when gossip sessions start about our pastors and about the church and about what we don't like about this, about sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, 
Help us to have the grace to walk away. Help us to have the grace not to participate in that. The book of Ephesians is, I believe, a teaching on prayer. And prayer is a lifestyle. And blessed be the God and Father. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Verse 4 tells us. He chose us just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. This is the new King James Version. Thank you for putting that up. Because I memorized, I guess it's memorizing. I memorized it from King James. He chose you to be his representative before the foundation of the world. He chose you to be his child before the foundation of the world. That was before you were born on this planet. You were only known in the mind of God. One day, I went out. Listen, God will show you things if you will spend time with Him. I promise you, He will. I mean, I was just a housewife. And I didn't like just being a housewife. Because I'd had these ideas about having a career, and I was getting ready to go back to school and get my and finish the work and get my degree, and I had um, I had this dream of being a writer, and uh, I, I even wanted to get in journalism. Do you ask Do you ask questions when you read the Bible? I do. When I, I was reading the book of Luke one day, and I said, how did Luke know all of this that he wrote about Mary and about the different people he wrote about? How did he know this? Don't you know he went and interviewed them? He interviewed Elizabeth and wanted to know what happened when Mary came to see her. If, if you will start praying, the Holy Spirit will start revealing things to you. But one day, I went out, sat on the porch overlooking the lake, and I said, God, would you just give me some revelation about being chosen before the foundation of the world? Give give me some revelation on that so I can relate to that. What does that mean? And God, let me see. He let me see past this natural realm. And I I wasn't any longer on that porch. Now, I was physically, but in the spirit, in the spirit, I was in the bosom of God. And he took me. I love nature. And in the spirit... There in the bosom of God. Y'all, it was so safe. It was the most wonderful, comforting place. And I knew nothing could touch me. And there were angels with us. Now, did they have wings? I don't know. They just were there. And we started going out through the galaxies. And he started showing me 
Mars and, you know, the different planets and these stars that he's given names to. Do you know he's... And, and we get to go in prayer with this person who did all of this. Oh, you know, I... I, th I say, God, I want to inspire people to pray. And I, then I say, God, but you have to impart your grace. Because you have to see that it's, it's a matter of knowing God. It's a matter of fellowshipping with God. And so as we were just there in the heavenlies, and I could see all these planets and, and the stars, and they do sing. Did you know the stars sing? They were singing. And then he showed me a planet. And he told me that that planet was called Earth. And I knew, I knew that that was the planet that I would have to go to. And as I looked and we got closer to earth, I saw a man, a young man, plowing a field. And I knew that that man would be my earthly dad. And God said, placed you in the loins of a man so that you can be born into this planet, Earth. And I came back to where I was. And I said, God, it was so safe up there. God has a purpose for everybody that is born yes. on this planet. Yes. He had a purpose for me. I didn't know what that purpose was. In fact, that day I was sitting in my kitchen, I was contemplating suicide. I was planning how I could take my life, and, and, but I wanted my children in places where it wouldn't hurt them. I mean, that's crazy thinking, but that's what I was thinking, that they'd be better off without me. But see, I'd been on a journey. God had been preparing me. I didn't know that God was going to have me write prayers and that those books would be translated into 19 different languages. And probably more than that, because I hear from people that tell me, you know, I, I, I take those prayers and I rewrite them in our language. And I'll say, well, have you talked to my publisher? Oh, your publisher. <laughs> Someone came up to me last night and said, I just realized that I've been uh, sending out copyrighted prayers to people. Is it all right? I said, don't ask me. You just obey God. You do whatever God tells you. Don't ask me. I don't want to know what you're doing. Just obey God. I said, I don't want to know. Because you see, I have contracts with the publishers. That's the reason some ministers publish their own stuff. So they can just say, here it is. God has a plan, and he chose you before the foundation of the world. And he adopted you. I'm going to quit with this first. He adopted 
you. Would you put that next verse up, please? Just as he chose you, having predestined us to adoption as sons, that's male and female, by Jesus Christ to himself. Now, I didn't fully understand adoption until one of our daughters adopted Christopher. They went to the hospital and brought Christopher home from the hospital. You know, Christopher is part of our family. Christopher has the same heritage in our family that the natural-born grandsons and grandchildren have. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is part of us. He is one of us. He belongs to us. That's the way it is with God. You're one with God. You're one with God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Christopher became a joint heir with all of the other grandchildren. Oh, God. You know, it makes me just want to sit down and weep that God would choose us before the foundation of the world and would then adopt us. I want to go back just a moment to that fourth verse. He chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. And I had grown up with so many shouldas and couldas and wouldas. I didn't like that part of that verse because it sounded like I was going to have to do something. And I didn't know what it was. You know, you can't do something that you didn't know to do. And I finally had to tell um, some people in my life, don't tell me what I should have done. I just want you to listen to me. But here, it sounded like God was telling me, I should be holy. I should be without blame. But, oh, let me tell you what it means. It means that God placed you in a condition into a position of holiness. All of the guilt, all of the shame, all the condemnation has been removed from us. And when I go into that arena of prayer, I can go in boldly knowing that heaven itself is backing up every prayer that I pray according to the well purpose and plan of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't have my King James, but hallelujah for, for technology. I love, I love the Word. And to me, see, the Word is a person. The Word's not just black ink. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's still walking among us. 
oh, that the church might arise. The church might arise and walk in this position that God has placed us in. That we would put off our Saul anointings and quit pointing fingers and quit going after people to fix them. To tell them what they've done wrong, how they need to change. If we'd only quit going around us all, killing one another. Oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us, God, for being Saul's and forgetting what it means to have this new place, this new name, a new name. Paul knew who he was. He was adopted. <coughs> Excuse me. Can I have my water, please? Let's stand, please. Thank you. Thank you. After I speak, see, I know that I just give you information and information, information. I'll overload you on information, information, information. That's not what I want to do. I want the Holy Spirit to take what he has given me and impart yes. that to you. And only he can do that. I want him to impart that grace and that peace. It, it's already imparted to you. It's a matter of receiving it. It's a matter of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Amen. I, want to, I want to say this to you. We have choices to make. We have choices to make. And the Holy Spirit keeps wooing us. And he says, this is who you are in Christ Jesus. Quit beating yourself up. How many times did you go home and say, why did I say that? Why? I've had people come and apologize to me for things that I'd say, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. But because you've asked forgiveness, I extend forgiveness to you. In fact, I was going to talk about forgiveness today. And maybe the Holy Spirit will let me do that tomorrow. Because, see, if we don't forgive, our prayers are not effectual. Right. You cannot pray for somebody while sitting in judgment on them and criticizing them. Your prayer, your words outside that prayer closet have to line up with the will of God for that person. Oh, God, transform us. My prayer has been at this prayer conference that God will impart the grace to you to pray 
My prayer time today is much more contemplative than it was in the beginning. God takes us through stages of prayer. And we begin with those baby steps. I thought I was something else when I would sit down with those prayers. But, oh, God, thank you. Father, I thank you that you are calling us to a higher level of grace, prayer. You want us, Father, to be the influencers in this coming election and in the lives of people. Father God, it is stated in your word that first of all, we are to, be, to intercede, make supplication, give thanks for all men everywhere. Father, that's not easy to do sometimes, but we thank you for all men everywhere because you told us to do that. Yeah. And we intercede for those who are in authority in our country. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And Father God, I thank you for opening the eyes of the understanding of your people. Opening the eyes of the understanding of our leadership. Oh Father, God, I pray that our leaders will understand and seek first righteousness. I pray that those who are unrighteous will be uprooted from our government, Father, and that men and women who seek righteousness, who believe in doing right. Father, I've read about God-fearing men who were not really Christians, but they feared you. And they did what was right, yeah. morally right. Yeah. So, Father, forgive us for the sins of this country. Yeah. And forgive us as Christians for being in fear. Oh, yeah. And, Father, I rebuke fear yeah. because you haven't given us a spirit That's of fear, right. but true. a power and of love and a sound mind yeah. and a spirit of self-control. Yeah. Father God, I thank you and I praise you that no weapon formed against the body of Christ will prosper. I thank you, Father, and I praise you that you are calling your people to pray. You are giving us the grace to pray. And, Father, we choose to do the right thing. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Stir us, O God, and help us to stir ourselves up on our most holy faith. So we praise you and give you the glory and the honor for it today in the name of Jesus.